0: Just watching that video, it gives me chills. It puts such a big smile on my face that the, the footage for that short video was actually captured in my backyard a, about a month ago at a worship night uh, that we held actually for the entire church. You all were invited. How come you all didn't show up? And, and, and I promise I, I'm not just saying this for the sake of this message, for the sake of this series, but, but those truly are some of my favorite nights of the year. I mean, I like all worship nights, but there's something in particular when we're outside in God's creation with kind of the warmth of the sun on our faces, singing and praising our Heavenly Father that is just so refreshing, so pure, so unadulterated, so energizing. But but I also possess enough self-awareness to recognize that not every single person watching right now looks forward to those worship nights quite like I do. That's evident enough just by the number of people that, that show up to those worship nights. It's, it's evident by the number of people that truly engage with the worship, the singing, the praises here on Sunday morning. And, and that has admittedly always kind of been a point of tension for me. Why aren't more people excited about the worship part of a service? Where, where we take literally like a whopping 15 minutes and we just sing praises to God. The, the God who, by the way, got off of his throne dwelt among us, took on the limitations of a human being, then died the death that was meant for all of us, but then conquered the grave along with all of our sin, and now he gives us that opportunity to be made right with him. Why don't we look forward to worshiping the living God? Why don't we get excited to sing his praises? Now, for some of you, I recognize that's not totally a fair question, so let me ever so slightly modify it why do we not always look forward to worshiping God? Why are there days where we just, we don't want to do it? And and that's not meant to be an accusatory question. I'm I'm not trying to demean anyone. I'm very much asking myself this question because this is definitely true of myself sometimes. Why are there times when worshiping feels more like a chore and less like a privilege? And, And as I've personally wrestled with that question and as I've had this conversation, admittedly, many, many, many times in my head regarding Grumlaw as a whole, it it seems like, at least in some ways, God has been very much pointing the finger back at me, that that at least part of the answer to those questions has to be that, that a good number of you who are watching right now, you don't really understand what's going on during worship, the singing, the praising, That that the reason that worship maybe feels forced or Perhaps it's uncomfortable or (laughs) for some of you just kind of weird is because nobody has ever taken the time to explain to you what in the heck we're doing. That that, that all of a sudden a guy with the guitars on a stage singing real passionately, I mean he's got his eyes closed, arms raised, and you're thinking to yourself, what is happening right now? I mean two minutes ago there was just this guy kind of on a stage having a conversation with me and now we're jamming out real hard. I mean we went zero to a hundred real quick And, and I do believe that a big part of that falls on me. After all, if you're not learning about worship here on Sunday mornings, then where are you learning about it? Work? Your, your, your morning commute on the radio? When, when you're out to eat with your friends? I, I doubt it. And another thing that I absolutely love about Grumlaw is that every single week, new people come walking through our doors, and in particular, people who are brand new to this whole church experience. I mean, you can legitimately count on one hand the number of times that you have stepped foot in a church, and we are so glad you're here. But because you're new to this whole church thing, there might be a lot of stuff around here that you don't particularly understand. And so we've intentionally carved out a couple of weeks to just explain what is going on in worship, why it is so important, why it will always be a part of these services, and in fact, a part of who we are as a church. Why it's definitely one of our goals that we become known as a church, as Grumla, that we are a community that worships God with passion and excitement. That that when people step into our environments, and again, this might describe you here today, even if it's something completely new, even if it's something completely foreign to you, and you have no idea what's actually kind of going on, you still just sense that there is something different among this group of people. That That we are a faith community marked by our passion and our worship for our risen King. And so last week, we began this two-part series, but really more of a prayer, a pleading titled, Worthy of It All. A prayer that God would do something special amongst this group of Jesus followers over these couple of weeks. That these couple of weeks will be used as a catalyst to stir up a true heart of worship within us for the living God. And I hope that gets you excited. Hopefully there's something inside of you that that longs for this to be true, even if you don't totally understand all of it yet, Hopefully there's at least a curiosity that exists inside of you. And I have to believe by virtue of the fact that you carved out some time and you're watching here today that that does exist. And so if you have missed uh, any part of the series, really the only other part of the series, part one, I'd invite you to go to grumlaw.com slash messages and catch yourself up there. Or you can find us under Grumlaw Church, wherever it is that you happen to grab your podcasts. Last week, we talked about the importance of recounting God's promises, uh, of recounting his faithfulness in the past, that God's faithfulness should give us confidence to praise him before the miracle happens, before the breakthrough in our lives. That that prayer and worship is so much more than just getting what we ask for. That there is power when we praise his name. God responds when his people sing, when they praise, when they worship him. Again, I happen to think this is a really important series, and so again, if you were not here last week, especially if you are seeking to understand all things about the local church, about what it means to follow Jesus, please go back and and listen to that message. But before we dive here into the final part, into part two, uh, I'd love to just pray for all of you who are watching right now, so allow me to do that now. God, I do thank you uh, for every single person that that happens to be sitting maybe in their living room on a back patio in, in their bedroom wherever they are joining us from I, I thank you uh that for whatever reason you have done something in their lives that have led them to this particular moment uh but i pray that this would not just be a a, a couple of minutes this morning where we're just listening and taking in but uh, again, that, that this body of Jesus followers would be marked by our doing, that whatever it is, Holy Spirit, that you are trying to pry on, that you are trying to kind of poke at this morning, what, whatever it is that you are trying to sharpen, transform, uh, we would lean into that and not away from that this morning, that we would really be open to whatever it is you're trying to say to us because we believe that you are a God who is for us, not against us, that you are a God who, who is trying to create us to be more and more like you every single day. And it's in your name we pray, amen. So today, as we head here into part two, I, I kind of have a bit of a random question for all of us that I actually guarantee all of you, Christian, non-Christian, first time to church, thousandth time in a church, at some point, uh, you have mulled this question over in your head. What do you think heaven is gonna be like seriously, what, what do you think heaven's going to be like? I remember as a kid thinking that water parks and pizza were going to be heavily involved. Now, I have people ask me questions like this, actually on a pretty regular basis, probably has something to do with the fact that I'm a pastor. All the time, actually, uh, people ask me, is my dog going to be in heaven? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. They're like, is my cat going to be in heaven? I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope not. Uh, that definitely would not be heaven for me. That would be someplace south, like, really self. I've certainly daydreamed about whether or not I'll be able to do things like snow ski in heaven, whether, whether I'll be able to hunt or not, how much time I'm going to be spending with my kids, all stuff that, as you probably daydreamed about this, has probably gone through your head as well. Now, now I happen to think, though, that this question is so much more important than perhaps you have ever considered. Because how you view heaven And what you suppose about what will and won't be there, it gives us a glimpse and perhaps a bigger glimpse than you ever considered of how you view God, of how you perceive God, of what you think God is like. Now in Scripture, in this book that we call the Bible, uh, it does give us a glimpse into heaven. It tells us a little bit about heaven. There's some breadcrumbs there for us. I mean, it is far from a complete picture, but we are told some stuff that, that definitely won't be there. Things like pain and suffering and sickness, and, and also some stuff that definitely will be there. And here's where this conversation about heaven begins to intersect with this conversation about worship, singing, praising. We're going to take a look at the text this morning that we find in the book of Revelation. Uh, For those of you who are maybe not as familiar with this book that we call the Bible, it's actually a collection of 66 smaller books and letters, the last of which is this book titled Revelation, and and in Revelation, it does give us a little bit of a hint, a little bit of a clue as to what heaven is going to be like, and so this morning, we're going to dive into the fourth chapter, the very first verse, and, and there it says for us, Then as I looked, this is a person looking into heaven, I saw a door standing open in heaven. Kind of exciting, right? That they're getting to look into heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast, a a very loud voice. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. Now, I think we ought to be real curious about the words that follow right here. I mean, we're about to finally get, get a little bit of a glimpse into heaven. Maybe we're about to find out if our dogs end up making it to heaven or not. We're gonna find out if I get to hunt dinosaurs in heaven or not. Am I, I'm the only one that's ever had that thought. Okay, never mind. But, but what comes next is, well, sort of confusing, even intimidating. <laughs> Let's just be honest. If you ever read this text before, it's just weird. There's all this talk about jewels and gemstones and a whole bunch of thrones. Then there are all these elders that are wearing apparently these really big crowns that'll make little Uzi Vert jealous. I mean, fire seems to be involved in some way. And, and then things take like a really bizarre turn. There's this whole description of these beings that are covered in, in eyeballs. Seriously, like, like eyes all over from head to toe and they have these big old wings. One has a lion head, another has an ox head, one has an eagle head. Like seriously, I'm not making any of this stuff up. And then we kind of exit this description of these beings and we're given this little nugget, this little clue. And keep in mind, what we're being given at least a partial picture of what is going on in heaven on what heaven is going to be like. It says, day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, these beings, the elders, the angels, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who who is, and who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God Almighty, day after day and night after night. These beings, along with all the elders, angels, day and night, worshiping God. Worshiping, by the way, the, the same God that we gather together to worship here on Sunday mornings. It says, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, that, that is talking about God himself, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne, and they say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. So, if you're kind of taking notes this morning, and you're trying to keep track, okay, what, what, what is heaven going to be like? What's there going to be in heaven? Apparently, There will definitely be beings covered in eyeballs with big old wings. I mean, that's just like golden information right there. Again, if there's ever been stuff within the pages of the Bible that confuses you and doesn't make a lot of sense, join the club. In fact, I think that's okay and and in a lot of ways an invitation to only lean in and get to know Jesus better. So there'll be these beings with eyeballs and apparently lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of worship. Admittedly, the descriptions and the clues into heaven, they're they're somewhat lacking, but one of the few common threads is there's going to be a whole lot of worship, a whole lot of praise involved. And for some of you who are watching today, and I'll admit for even me at times, just like a worship night might not necessarily move the needle for you, The the idea of spending eternity worshiping God doesn't get you particularly excited. Or or in some ways, as I'm sharing this this morning, it it might even be disappointing. And and if that would describe you, let me propose that there's probably something about God that you don't understand. And more importantly, there's likely something missing. You're missing out on intimacy with your heavenly Father, in in so many ways, what I'm about to say is going to be the least profound thought that I will ever share, but in some ways, maybe the most profound truth I will ever share, that the more you connect with God, the more intimacy you will experience that the more you carve out time to just share honest thoughts with him and pray with him, that the more time that you give to him, the, 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 the more that you serve him, the more that you dive into and read his word, the more time you spend just pouring out your praise and worshiping him, the more intimacy you will experience. And consequently, the more intimacy you experience, the more you will only want to worship him. The closer you feel to him, That the more that worship will just become this natural outpouring of gratitude. I'll say it again, if worship is typically something that you dread, if the singing part of the service is typically something that you wish that there was less of, if, if worship nights sound altogether unappealing, I mean, you have never even considered showing up to one, I can promise you that you are missing out on that intimacy with your heavenly Father. And there's no cheat code for experiencing this. There's no magic formula. A relationship with God is built the exact same way that it is built with anyone else. Intimacy with God, closeness to God is experienced the same way it is found with anyone else. Time. Time. Time spent with him. Regular. Ongoing conversation with him. Prayer. Worship, singing, praising, spending time in his word. Time spent with my heavenly father. And and not only when I feel like it, because yes, even as your pastor, there are times when I do not feel like praying. There are times when I don't feel like singing, I don't feel like praising, I don't feel like worshiping. There are times when I I, I get out of bed in the morning and, and I don't feel like cracking open and reading his word. But, but, but church, please don't miss this. If you hear me say nothing else this morning, please bring this in. It is a seminal moment in any of our lives when as you are exploring God, as you are moving into actual relationship with Jesus, you push past what you want, what sounds good to you, what you feel like. Church, that is newborn. That is infant faith. And please hear me loud and clear. It is okay to start off there, but please, please do not stay there. And and come on, I know I'm speaking to some of you this morning. For some of you, you have been parked right there for way too long. And it's time for you to make the shift. It's time for you to make the decision. It is very much a decision. It is time for you to make the choice To trust. You you trust, you trust God because all throughout history, he has proven himself to be trustworthy. You recount his promises. You recount his faithfulness. You trust that God loves you so much that he sent his one and his only son to die for you. You trust that there is nothing that he values more, nothing that he cares more about, nothing that he loves more than you. that that he would have died for you if it was just you. And because you trust all of that, it moves you to spending time with him, to praying, sharing honest thoughts with him, to reading his word and allowing that word to dissect you, allowing it to expose you, allowing it to sharpen you. you. You sit in quietness and you give him the actual space to speak. You begin actually worshiping him, praising his holy name, even and perhaps especially when you don't feel like it. Church, the people that you respect most from a spiritual standpoint in your life, that the people around you that are closest to God, they didn't get there because they have some secret sauce, because they have stumbled into some secret formula that you have yet to find. It's because they just spend a whole lot of time with the living God. And yes, even that person that you have circulating around in your mind right now, even that person doesn't always want to spend time with God. But because they trust God, they push past all of that and they do it anyway. Like we talked about last week, they worship God because of who he is. Their worship is not based on their circumstances. No, their worship is based on the living God. Church, time and time and time again, I have seen this play out in the lives of so many other people. I have seen this play out in my own life. At a certain point, and for me, it was when I was in college, I had to ask myself, do I really trust? Do I really believe that God is, that Jesus is who he claimed to be? I said, yes. I said, okay, it's time for me to get out of the newborn, the infant faith and to truly trust him. It's time for me to move past what's best for me what I feel like doing and going, no, no, that that's all circumstances. Circumstances change, but my God has not. It's time for me to actually make it a priority to spend daily time with Jesus. It is time for me during these services when I'm driving alone in my car to actually cry out and worship him even when I don't feel like it. The more you connect with God, the more intimacy you will experience. And the more intimacy you experience, the more you will only want to worship him. No cheat code, no spiritual hack, (laughs) just a whole bunch of time spent with my heavenly father. A a whole lot of time where admittedly, initially, I didn't really want to talk to him. I didn't really feel like worshiping him. But I got over myself and I did it anyway. And wouldn't you know it, the more I and so many others have practiced this, the more natural it starts to feel. The more I push past those feelings of insecurity, I don't really feel like it. No, what's that person going to think? That the less frequently those types of thoughts even pop into my head. As I grow closer and closer to Jesus, I only want to worship him more and more. We don't have a complete picture of what heaven's going to be like, but this much we know. There's going to be a whole lot of singing, <laughs> a whole lot of praising, a whole lot of worshiping our heavenly father why don't we look forward to worshiping the living God? If that would describe you, it probably has a lot to do with the fact that you don't know him particularly well. You're not connecting with him. But, but here's the good news. <laughs> the God of the universe desperately wants to be close to you. So much so that he got off of his throne in heaven And he came down to earth for you, paid the penalty for your sin, my sin. And three days later, he rose from the grave so that we could have that opportunity to mend that relationship that we screwed up. And even right now, in this present moment, come on, God is pursuing you. Yes, you who are watching right now. It is not too late. You can begin to form that connection. You can begin to experience that intimacy starting today, starting now. I believe one of the greatest promises that God ever offers us is found in the book of James. James, for those of you who don't know, was actually the brother of Jesus. And and he put his faith in his brother. I mean, think what it would take to convince you, for your older brother to convince you that he was the son of God. Imagine what he saw, imagine what he observed. But, but here in his letter, he offers us, I think one of the greatest promises God ever offers us, he says, come close to God and God will come close to you. As you draw closer to God, he will move closer to you. That, that is a promise from the almighty, the living God. And so this morning, what, will you accept this invitation from your heavenly father? What will you draw close to him? Will you join in on the song of heaven? In the very next chapter of the book of Revelation, we're given another another glimpse into heaven. And guess what? More worship. It says, then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered jesus slain for us to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and then i heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever this is heaven y'all lots and lots and lots of worship this is what we were made to do in in heaven. This is what we're apparently going to spend all of eternity doing. And so will you join in on the song that they're singing in heaven right now? For some of you, because of who is, is maybe sitting next to you right now, even though that would be the person that you would consider closest to more than anyone else in the world, it's precisely because of that closeness to that person that this will feel awkward, that the idea of standing from your couch and singing to God, that that, that is just like the most uncomfortable idea that I could possibly dream up for you right now. And I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to push past what is best for you, what feels right to you, and lean into trust, maybe like you have never leaned into before. For some of you, you're brand new to all this. And you just figured you'd kind of tune in here today. You'd listen to a quick message and you'd get out of here entirely unscathed. But will you actually open up your mouth right now and sing these songs, even if you don't know, even if you don't necessarily know if all of this is true yet? Will you declare these words of truth to the God of the universe? For a whole lot of you, and I'm confident that I'm talking to a lot of people right now, you have been at this church thing for so long. Come, come on, please don't tune me out. Please lean in. I, I believe the Holy Spirit is working right now. Y- you have been at this church thing for so long. And this morning, you have the opportunity to break perhaps a decade, decades long habits of standing and doing nothing during worship. That, that when we sing and we praise, in fact, because you're online, you just click that X and you are done and come on, I want to invite you, please don't tune this out. Please don't neglect what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. Will you treat today as a seminal moment in your faith journey and join in on the song of heaven? Watch how God begins to show up and show off in your life because you finally begin to declare that truth. You praise and you worship his holy name. A lot of us, we keep waiting for that right moment to start practicing this. And I'm telling you, that moment isn't coming. You right now, by virtue of the fact that you have made it to this point in the message, you know enough about God right now to trust him. And I wanna invite you to push past whatever lie Satan is dropping in your head, to push past whatever rebuttal you have in your head and join in on the song of heaven. God desperately wants to be close to you. And I happen to have a hunch that you probably wanna be close to him. Church, this is one of the primary ways that we find intimacy with the living God let us worship him. After all, this is what we were made to do. So will you right now stand and sing to the living God?